Shalom to all. Today's office about Bakamata of Kofi Yudzaina. We are starting about the second line with the words Umanatemra. And today's office sponsor Lili Nishmas, Marsh Miram Sarabas, Yaakov Maisha, her Nishama should have an Aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rias Vyantiv, and Rasher Anshal, his Nishama should have an Aliyah. Here we're discussing the story of a fellow who pointed out a storage of grain belonging to the Rishkalusa to a group of extortionists and was taken away from him, and how Rav Nachman was Machai of the fellow to pay. So Rav Huna asked Rav Nachman, is this the actual din or is it just a penalty, a kanas? And Rav Nachman responded that it's the din, and we see so in our Mishnah. Now, after Rav Nachman left, Rav Yosef asked Rav Huna, what difference does it make if it's a din or a kanas? So Rav Huna responded that if it's a kanas, we can't learn from here to other similar cases. So I think Mark explains this. How do we know that we can't learn from a case of kanas? Because we have a brisa. Originally, they used to say that if a person is metami his friend's produce or he's menasech his friend's wine, he used it for avodah zara, so he's chayv to pay in these situations. And then they went back to say that even if he turns his friend's produce into meduma, which means he mixes truma into it, turning everything here into truma. So what do we learn from here? That only since they went back to say that also someone who's medame his friends produces chayev, that's why the fellow's chayev. But if they didn't go back to say this, we wouldn't say that if a person's medame his friends produce that he's chayev. And my time, why is that? Isn't it because these other two cases, metame and menasech, are just a kanas and that's why it's chayev to pay? And the reason why it just be a kanas is because there isn't a recognizable damage over here. When you look at produce that's tame or wine that was used for Rabbi Dezara, there's no recognizable change to it. And the only reason why the person would be chayev to pay is because of kanas. And it must be that we can't learn from Kanas. So Gmar says, Loy, that's not true. It's not a Raya. That case is totally different. Meikar Sabri originally they used to hold Lahafsin Rubachashu, Lahafsin Mutlechashu, that were only Chashish for a big loss and not for a small loss. A big loss is when someone's Matami's friend's produce or he's Menasech's friend's wine. So everything here is not usable and that's why the person would be Chayev. But if a person's Matami's friend's produce, there's not such a big loss. Everything is now just treated as Truma. So it's simply worth less than regular Chulin, but it still has value to it. So that's why originally they thought that a person wouldn't be Chayev for being Matami's friend's produce, because again, that's not such a big loss. Well, besides Sabri, Lahafsin and then afterwards they thought that even for a small hefsid, we are chayshesh, and that's why he would have to pay. As so this has nothing to do with kanas. Ask the Gemara, is that really so? But Tony Avud Oven, the father of Oven, taught this totally differently. And how did he teach this? Barishon Ahuyamrim originally used to say hamitame v'hamidamea. The one who's mitame his friend's produce, and one who's midamea his friend's produce is chayef to pay. And here we have hefsid meruba and hefsid muat together in the same sentence. And Chazru Leimar then they went back to say afamanasech. Even if a person's menasech his friend's wine, he's chayef to pay. And what do we learn from here? Chazru in like Chazru Lai. The only reason why a person and whose Manasseh his friends want is Chayev to pay is because they went back and stated it very clearly. But if they didn't go back and state it clearly, he wouldn't be Chayev. My time, why would that be? Isn't it because we don't learn from Kanas and these are cases of Kanas? So the Gemara once again says, Loy, that's not true. This has nothing to do with Kanas. Meikar Savri Krab Oven originally held a Krab Oven, and afterwards they held a Krab Yermia. Meikar Savri Krab Oven originally held a Krab Oven. Don't Rab Oven Rab Oven says, That's proper Girsa. A person shot an arrow on Shabbos from the beginning of four Amas to the end of four Amas. And this is Called being Mavir Dalad Amas from Shusarabim that a person would be Chayav Misa for. Vikar Shrine Bel and it tore silks, meaning it tore a garment along the way. Potter, the fellow was Potter for that. And it's a classic case of Kamle Bidrab that when a person is Chayav two things simultaneously, we're going to punish him with the more strict of the two. And since over here, he's technically Chayav two things at the same time, a Chayav Misa for being Mavir Dalad Amas from Shusarabim, and he's Chayav Mominus for tearing his friend's clothing, he's Potter for the clothing, and he's Chayav Misa. And why is it that this is happening at the same time? Shari Akira Tar Chanochahi, Umis Chayav Binafshai, because Akira needs a Hanoch. And therefore he's Chayv Misa. Let's just pause for a second to explain this. One is only Chayv for being Mav or something Dalad Amas or Shusrab on Shabbos if they did both the Akira, the lifting up of the object, and the Hanacha placing it down. And since the Akira and the Hanacha of the arrow are viewed as inseparable from each other, as we just said, Akira Tsarek Hanacha, so the shooter isn't Chayv for tearing the clothing, even though it happened at a different time on the clock. But since it was during the time that Akira and the Hanacha were taking place, it's considered like he's Chayv Misa for being Mav or Dalad Amas at the same time that he's Chayv Mominus, and that's when we say Kamal Rabbinei. And therefore, originally, 
originally they thought that the same as with the Yain Nesach, that even though this fellow stealing his friend's wine happens before he made his friend's wine Yain Nesach, since picking it up is an absolutely necessary part of the process of making it Yain Nesach, it's as if he stole it at the same time he was making it Nesach, and that's originally they were not Machai of a person who's Manasach his friend's wine to pay for it, because it's Chai for doing Avodah Zarah. However, the Gemara continues, Lobosayf, Sabah, Kerb afterwards they held to Kerb Yirmiya, Tom Rabbi Yirmiya, says that no, Mishas HaGbal Kanya, the moment he lifted up his friend's wine, he was Kainit, and therefore Yichai Vlein Mamayin, he's Chai to pay his friend money for stealing his wine, and Mishai Benafshalei Hava, Ajas Nisuch, he's not Chai Misa until he's Manasach the wine for Avodah Zarah, and it's actually happening at two separate times. And once again, we're not talking about Kanas. I think Mark continues talking about a person who points out his friend's object to be stolen by a third party. So Mark tells us, Rav Hunabar Yehuda Ikel Bey of Yaini, Rav Hunabar Yehuda visited the place called Bey of Yaini, also came to Rava, he came to Rava, Amrulei, Rava asked him, Kol Ma'asabal Yadcha, did any stories come to you, any halachic questions posed to you recently? Certainly he told him yes, the following question was asked to me, Yisrael Shantzu Avde Kachavim, a Yisrael who was being forced by Gayim, Veher Mamen Chaveroi, and he showed the Gayim his friend's money, Bal Yadi, that question came to me, Vechiyavtiv, and I was Mechayav that fellow, because Ruvain showed Shimon's money to these Gayim, so Ruvain's Chayav to pay Shimon. So Amrulei, Rava told him, Ahadar of Lamari, you have to return that to the master. The tiny because we have a that says, Yisrael Shantzu Avde Kachavim, if Yisrael was forced by Gayim, Veher Mamen Chaveroi, and he showed them his friend's money, Potter, he's Potter. That's because just a grama, it's causative. He didn't actively do anything, and therefore he's not Chayev. However, if he physically took his friend's money and handed it over to the Gayim, Chayev, so then he's Chayev. And in this case, since he didn't physically hand over his friend's money to the Gayim, he just simply showed it to them, hey, look over there, take that money, the person's not actually Chayev. And the Gemara continues, Amar Rabba Rabba says, according to some of your sources, it's really Rava, if he showed them on his own accord, meaning the Gayim didn't force them at all, he just simply went over to Gayim and said, hey guys, you want some money? Look, take that guy's money. So then, Kenos of Nosen Biyadami, it's as if he physically took it and handed it to them, and he would be Chayev for that. And the Gemara tells us a story, who gathered there was a fellow down Suev Dikhavim, Machmi Achamrid Rav Mari, Bridger of Pinchas, Bridger of Chizda, and he showed them the donkey of Rav Mari, the son of Pinchas, son of Rav Chizda. And Arbalay, they told this fellow, Darva Amti Badan, take the donkey and bring it along with us. So Darva Amti Badayu, he took the donkey and brought it along with them, and also like Ravashi, he came to Ravashi, Patrine, Ravashi patrud him. So Arbalay, Rabban Ravashi, Rabban Es Ravashi, Vatani, we have a breast that says, Imnos of Nosen Biyad Chayev, that if he physically took it and gave it to the Gayim, so he's Chayev. And over here, he physically took the donkey and brought it with them. So Ravashi told them, that's only if the Gaim weren't there originally. That means if the Gaim didn't see the money or the object originally, and the first time they saw the object or the money was when the Yid picked it up and gave it to them, so then he's Chayev. But if it's a situation like this one, where they were already by the money, they saw the donkey, and they could have taken it themselves. Instead, they told the Yid to take it for them. So then, we're making on this case, and it's not considered like the fellow took it biyad and gave it to the Gaim. But now, Ravashi. We have a brass that says, Anos, let's say an Anos, a robber or an extortionist, told the Yid, hand me that bundle, or hand me that cluster of grapes, and the Yid handed it to him, the Yid's Chayiv. So we see from here that even though the guy saw it, still the Yid is Chayiv for physically handing it over. So Rashi answered that no, what's this case talking about? It's where the guy and the Yid were on two opposite sides of the river, and this guy who was an Anos didn't actually have access to this bundle or to this cluster of grapes. And even though he saw it, the only way he was able to access it was by the Yid handing it to him. And that's why the Yid's Chayev. And they can some dick like this also, because the Bresa says, Hi shit, that the guy had told the Yid, hand it over to me. He didn't say give it to me. Shemami, no, we see from here that the guy didn't actually have access to it until the Yid handed it over. And that's what the case is different. I think more with similar cases who Shusa, there was a trap, which is either for fish or for wild animals. There are two people arguing about it. 
This guy said, it's mine. The other guy said, no, it's mine. One guy went and he handed it over to the officer of the king. So Rabbi Abai said, this fellow is able to tie I gave that which is mine over to the king. And it's not like I informed on my fellow and physically gave his thing away. It was really mine. However, Amalai Rava, Rava told him, Chal Kamini, is it really to such an extent? Does he really have such a kach to do this? Elam Rava, rather, Rava says, Misham we're going to put this fellow in Cherem, Ademaisilei, until he brings the trap over here, Vekai Bedina, and he stands in a Din Taira to figure out whose trap it is. And that's because we don't want it to be that in every situation where two people are arguing about who a particular item belongs to, that one guy just takes it and gives it over to the king, claiming, oh, it's really mine, so I was allowed to do that. And that's where Machmir, and we say that, no, we're going to put him into Cherem until he brings the trap back, and we have a regular Din Taira about it. And the Gemara continues with another story. Who got there was a fellow to have a boy, he wanted to show his fellow's grain to the king, and the king would take it away. So also come to Rav, he came to Rav, and normally Rav told him, Don't show it, and don't show it to the king. You can't be meister, you can't inform on your friend, and have the king take his stuff away. So normally the fellow told Rav, he was a big mechotzef, I'm going to show it, and I'm going to show it. So Yasser Rav Kahan came to Rav, Rav Kahan was in front of Rav, and what did he do? He dislocated his neck from its place. Meaning Rav Kahan broke this guy's neck and killed him. And Kari Rav Yilavei, Rav said the following pasuk about what Rav Kahan did, but your children have fainted. They've fallen at the head of every street. Like a wild ox trapped in a net. And what's the comparison? Just like this wild ox, once it's in a net, it's trapped in Rachmanolov. We don't have Rachmanus on it. So to money belonging to a yid. Once it falls into the hands of Gayim in Rachmanolov, they don't have Rachmanus on him, and they're going to continue taking more and more money, and they're going to even bring themselves to a place where they're going to kill the yid. And therefore, if this miser, this informer, was allowed to inform, it would have led to situations where the Yid who he was informing on would have gotten killed. So it's good that you killed this informer. Now, even though Rav was happy with what Rav Kahano did, Amrlil Rav Kahano, that's Rav Girsa, Rav told Rav Kahano, Up until now, the ones who were ruling us were the Persians. They don't care if somebody kills somebody else. And therefore, you wouldn't have had a problem. However, now, it's the Greeks that are ruling us, and they care about when one person kills another. But I mean, they're going to say, Radin, Radin, that you're a murderer, you're a murderer, and therefore you're in danger. So that's why, Kum Saklar Yisrael, you should get up and go to Eretz Yisrael and run away from here. However, you should accept upon yourself that you're not going to ask Rabbi Yechanan any questions for seven years. Rabbi Yechanan was the head in Eretz Yisrael and so Rav told Rav Kahana that you're not allowed to ask Rabbi Yechanan any questions for seven years. So Azor Rav Kahana went to Eretz Yisrael, Ashkel Reish Lakish, he found Reish Lakish, he was going and chazering over the shear that was given over in Yeshiva that day, the Rabbanon to the Rabbanon the Yeshiva. So after Reish Lakish finished and left, Amluhu, Rav Kahana asked the Talmidim, Reish Lakish, hecha, where is Reish Lakish? So Amrulay, Amai, the asked him, why do you want him? So Amalui told them, I have this and that question on what he said, and I have this and that answer to the question that he had asked. So Amalui, the Rishlakish, they told all this Rishlakish, and also Rishlakish, Amalui, the Rabbi Yechanan, Rishlakish went and told Rabbi Yechanan, Ari Alam Bavel, a great lion came up from Bavel. There's this huge Talmud Chacham that now has arrived. You should be very careful when you prepare your shear that you're going to give over in Yeshiva tomorrow because he's going to ask you many questions. Now, the next day, they sat Rav Kahana in the first row in front of Rabbi Yechanan. There were seven rows of Talmidim, and he was sat in the first one. And Amr Shmaitz Rabbi Yechon said a memra v'lo'ikshi, and Rav Kahan didn't ask any questions on it. Shmaitz he said another memra v'lo'ikshi, and Rav Kahan didn't ask any questions. So on Chasi Achayri Shavadari Ado Eisav B'dar Basra, they kept on putting him back one row after another until they moved him back all seven rows to the very back row because he wasn't asking any questions. And Amr Rabbi Yechon Rishim and Lakish Rabbi Yechon told Rish Lakish Arisha Marta Nasashul. This line that you were talking about turned into a fox. He's not a Talmud Chacham. So Amr Rav Kahan said to himself, Yehi Rav, it should be Hashem's will. Tahani Shavadari these seven rows that I was moved back should be in exchange for the seven years the Rav told me I'm not allowed to ask any questions. And therefore, Kamakari, he stood up and Amrle, he 
told Rabbi Yechanan, Nahadamar Baresha, please start the Shira again. So Amar Shmaita, Rabbi Yechanan said a memra, Va'akshi, and Rav Kana asked him a question on it. So he moved him back to the first row. Amar Shmaita, Rabbi Yechanan said another memra, Va'akshi, and Rav Kana asked him another question. And Rabbi Yechanan, Havyasav Hashev Bistraki, Rabbi Yechanan was sitting on seven rugs. When Rav Kana asked him this other question, Shafalei Chad Bistraki Mitusei, they removed one of the rugs from under him. Amar Shmaita, Rabbi Yechanan said another memra, Va'akshi Lei, and Rav Kana asked him another question, Adashafalei Kul Bistraki Mitusei, until they removed all the rugs from under Rabbi Yechanan, Adiyasav Al Ara, until he was sitting on the ground. Rabbi Yechanan Gavr Sabahava, Rabbi Yechanan was very old, and his eyebrows were very long, and he couldn't see anything. So Amr Lahu, he told the people around him, lift up my eyes, meaning lift up my eyebrows, and I want to see him, meaning I want to see this person who's asking me all these questions. So they lifted up his eyebrows with some sort of silver tool, and Chaz Rabbi Yechanan saw the parte sefase, the Rav Kahana's lips were cracked. This was a blemish of sorts Rav Kahana had because he was once hit in his mouth, so his lips were permanently partially open. However, Savar, Rabbi Yechanan thought to himself, the Rav Kahana was laughing at him or smirking at him because he didn't have the answer to the questions. So Chalash Daite had Chalisha Sadas, Venach Nafshe, and Rav Kahana died because of that Chalisha Sadas Rabbi Yechanan had. Now Lamachar the next day, Amr Rabbi Yechanan Rabbanon, Rabbi Yechanan told Tamidim Beis Medjesh, Chazisul Bavla, Hechi Ovid, did you see that Babylonian, what he did to me? He was laughing at me. So Amr they told him, no, Darke Hachi, that's his derech. He has this wound on his mouth that looks like he's always laughing, but he wasn't laughing at you. So all the Ma'arta, Rabbi Yechanan went to the Ma'ara, to the cave where Rav Kahana was buried, and he saw that there was a snake wrapped around the cave. Its head was by the cave, and its body was wrapped around the entire thing, with its tail stuck in its mouth, not letting anyone into the cave. So Amr Rabbi told the snake, Achna, Achna, snake, snake, Pasach Pumech, open up your mouth, and allow the Rav to come to the Talmud. But he didn't open up. So then Rabbi said, Let one friend go to the other. And here he raised Rav Kahana up on the level of being his friend. However, the snake didn't open his mouth. And then Rabbi said, let the Talmud, me Rabbi Yechanan, go to the Rav, Rav Kahana. And then Pasachle, the snake opened up his mouth. So Rabbi Yechanan went into the cave, Ba Rachme, Vokme. He died for mercy and he brought Rav Kahana back to life. So Rabbi Yechanan told Rav Kahana, If I knew that this was your usual way, meaning that you had this wound on your mouth, I never would have had Chalisha Zadas and you never would have died. Now I want you to come back to us and be with us in the Medrash. So Amrulay Rav Kahana told him, If you're able to daven for me, then I'm not going to die again. So as no, then I'll go with you. But if not, I'm not going to go with you. Since the time passed, it already passed. Meaning, since I already died, meaning my time already came, and I'm not interested in dying again, if you become mocked by another question I ask you, so I'm only going to come with you if you're going to give me your word that this is not going to happen a second time. So Tyree Ukme, he woke him up and he stood him up, and Shai called Sveika to Havalei, Rebbechan asked Rakhana all the Sveikas, all the questions that he had, and he answered them for him, and Hainudam Rabbechanon, this explanation of Rabbechanon used to tell us, tell me them, Dilchain Amri, I used to say that it's yours, meaning I used to say the Torah is yours because you're in Eretz Yisrael. However, it's really theirs, meaning the people in Bavel, they're really the ones that have the Torah. And another story about an informer, there was a fellow who showed Rav Abba's metaxa to the king. What's a metaxa? So it's some sort of silk ornament. And this metaxa, Rav Abba, was taken away by the king. So Yasser Rav Avo, Rav Chanin, Rav Papi, Rav Yitzchak they were sitting down to judge this case. Rav Yasser of Ilagabayu, and Rav Il was next to them. So Rav they wanted to this fellow to pair of Abba. Based off the following Mishnah, and the Mishnah says, Don't in, let's say a Dayan judged the case, Zika Sachayev, Chayev is a Zakai, he was Mazaka the person who's Chayev, and he was Machayev the person who's really right, or Timus Hatar, Vatiras Hatame, he was Matame that which was really Tahar, or he was Matahar that which was really Tame. So Masha Asa Asui, whatever he did was done, Vishalami Besai, and he has to pay from his house, which means the Dayan has to pay out of pocket. And that's even though it was a Groma, it was just causative, he didn't cause direct damage, still he has to pay. So to overhear, this informer, all he did was tell the king, there of Abba has a really nice ornament, and so that's just a Groma, but nonetheless he has to pay. 
However, Amr Luhu Ravilla, Ravilla told them, this is what Rav said on this Mishnah, that's only if the Dayan actually took something with his hand and gave it to somebody else. Meaning, if he took money from one guy and gave it to another, or if he physically was Metame something, so then he has to pay. But if not, he doesn't have to pay. So in this case, an informer doesn't have to pay Ravaba. So Amr Lehi's Dayanam told Ravaba, go to them, because they judge cases of Grama, and so he went to them, and they're Machayev this fellow to pay Ravaba. Based off the following Mishnah. We had said in our Mishnah, that if the reason why this field was taken away was because of the Gazlan, so the Gazlan has to pay the owner of the field with a different field. We explained, what does that mean that the field was taken away because of the Gazlan? We're just talking about a case where this fellow showed somebody else's field and that's why it was taken away, but not that this fellow actually stole the field. So we see from our Mishnah that even though a person just caused the damage, but he didn't physically do anything, he's still Chayv to pay. And now a number of stories about a person saving himself with his friend money. Who got with his fellow to have a mifkilei kastachaspa that someone deposited a silver cup by him, sliku ganvi lavei, and ganavim came to him, threatening him with harm if he doesn't give them money, and shakal yavaluhu, so he took the silver cup and gave it to them, also kamei the rabba, and he came to rabba, patre, rabba patred him from paying for the silver cup that he was watching. However, amalei abaya bayas rabba, haimatsa atzamimam chaveriuhu, this guy is saving himself with his friend's money. These robbers came to him, threatening him, so he should have used his own money, he shouldn't have used his friend's money. Elam Ravashi, rather Ravashi explains, the chazinun, we have to analyze this case. If this fellow that was washing the silver cup was wealthy on his own, these robbers came because they knew he was a wealthy fellow, and therefore he shouldn't have used the silver cup that belonged to somebody else to save himself. He should have used his own money, and then he would be chayv in that case. However, if he's not a wealthy fellow, clearly these robbers came because of the silver cup he was watching. Somehow they knew that he happened to be watching a silver cup, and therefore it's not considered matzal asimam chaveroi. They came dafka because of his cup that he was watching, and he wouldn't be chayv. Another story who got. There was a fellow who was watching a wallet that was full of money that was for Pidyan Shvuim for redeeming captives. And Sliku Ganvi Lavei, Ganavim came to him, Shakal Yava Nialayu, he took this money of Pidyan Shvuim and he gave it to them. So also came to Rava, he came to Rava, Patri, he patred him. So Amalei asked him, He's saving himself with his friend's money. He shouldn't have used his money for Pidyan Shvuim to save himself. So Amalei, he responded to Abai, You don't have a greater Pidyan Shvuim than this. He himself was a Shavoy. He, so to speak, was taken captive by these robbers because they were threatening him. And the way he saved himself was by giving them the money of Pidyan Shvuim. So that's a beautiful use of the money. I will continue with another story. Who got there was a fellow There was a fellow who went to the ferry and he proceeded and put his donkey on the ferry before other people could get on. And this ferry was for people and not for animals. Now, as the ferry was going across the river, the donkey was threatening to sink the entire thing because, again, it didn't belong on there. And also, Hugavra, a fellow came along, he shoved the donkey at this fellow, and he pushed it into the river. And it drowned. And also, Kamei the Rabba, he came to Rabba and Patre. Rabba said this fellow's potter for drowning the other guy's donkey. He's saving himself with his friend's money. He wasn't allowed to push the donkey off. So, Amrle, he told him, I make car right Hava. This guy originally was a right meaning the owner of the donkey is considered a right which we're going to see in a moment is referring to a case where Reuven is chasing after Shimon to murder him. So, he's a right he's a pursuer. And we know that when one person is pursuing another to kill him, we're allowed to kill the right And so, to over here, since the donkey didn't belong on the ferry, the owner of the donkey is considered a Raidef, and the people are allowed to save themselves with the property of the Raidef. And we're going to see this right now. If a Raidef is chasing after somebody else to kill him, so Ruvian is chasing after Shimon to kill him, and Ruvian the Raidef breaks Kalim in the process, whether he breaks the Nirdaf, the one who's being chased, he breaks his Kalim, or he breaks somebody else's Kalim, Potter, he's Potter from paying for those. Why is that? Because he's Chayv Misa. As we just said, a Raidef is Chayv Misa. We can kill a Raidef 
death because he's trying to kill somebody else. And this is a classic case of Komavidrabmine. When a person is technically chayv two things at the same time, he's chayv misa. And chayv for breaking these kalim, told me chayv him the more strict one, which is misa, and therefore he doesn't have to pay for the kalim. Furthermore, veneer the Vashibras HaKalim Shal Raidef, Pater, if the one who's being chased broke the kalim of the one who's chasing him, so he's Pater, why is that? So we shouldn't say that a person's mominess is more chaviv than his body. And since we're allowed to kill the Raidef, clearly showing that his guf is not chaviv, so he can't be machayiv the nirdaf to pay for the Raidef's kalim, because that would mean that the mominess of the Raidef is more chashiv than the guf of the Raidef. So that's why the kalim of the Raidef don't have to be paid for. Avol shall call Adam chayiv. If when the nirdaf is running away, he breaks somebody else's kalim, he would be chayiv to pay for those. Why is that? Because the person is not allowed to save himself with his friend's money. However, Raidef shall Raidef acha Raidef lahatzil. If we have somebody else chasing after the Raidef to save the Nirdaf, meaning Levi starts chasing after Ruvain because Ruvain is chasing after Shimon to kill him, and Vishibar Kalim, Levi broke Kalim in the process, Benchal Nirdaf, Benchal Ka Adam, whether he broke the Kalim of the Nirdaf or of anybody else, Pater, he's not Chayv to pay. And this is not the actual halacha, that's because we really should say the opposite. If when the Nirdaf himself breaks Kalim, he's Chayv, so for sure somebody trying to save the Nirdaf should be Chayv. So it must be there's a different reason why he's Pater, El rather, Shim Iyato Emerkane, if you don't say that, meaning if you're going to say that Levi, who's chasing after Ruvain to save Shimon, is chayv to pay for Kalim that he breaks, well, in the then no one's going to try to save his friend from the Raidev, because Levi's going to tell himself, look, I'm going to be chayv to pay if I break something while I try to chase Ruvain, so I'm not going to bother saving Shimon from Ruvain, and that would obviously be terrible. So therefore, we patter a Raidev, achar her Raidev, in order that he should go and save the Nirdaf. And on to another Mishnah, which is really a continuation of the previous one. Remember, in the previous Mishnah, we had said that a fellow stole his friend's field. So now the Mishnah says, Shatva Nahar, let's say the river swamped and ruin the field that was stolen, I'm realized so the guy can tell the owner of the field, here it's in front of you. And this is because according to this Tana, karka ain't nixelis. You can't actually steal karka. Maybe you're sitting on the karka and you're using it, but it's not actually yours. It belongs to the original owner. So therefore the Ganav could just simply tell the original owner, here, take your field back, even though it's ruined. And the Gemara tells us on our bond, we have a brisa. Hagel saw the if fellow stole a field from his friend, Vishat Fanahar, and the river swamped it, ruining the field, saw the He does have to give him another field. that's where Blazer says, really the proper gears is Rebelazer, and that's how we're gonna read it until the end of the Gemara. Pacham the say, that the Ganav Here, take your field back, it's right in front of you. So the Gemara asks Mike and Mifli, what are they arguing about? And the answer is, Rebelezer, Darsh Ribu Mute. Rebelezer, Darshin's Ribu and Mute. And therefore, we Darshin the Psukim as follows. When the Pasuk says, and he denied to his fellow, which means we're talking about something that's stolen, and he denied it. So Reboy, that's an inclusion. And that's Mashma that we're including everything. Then the Pasuk says, that he denied it, a deposit, Mute. So that's a limitation. And then the Pasuk says, Anything he swore about falsely, so chazvriba, that's once again an inclusion. So what do we have here? Ribo miut vriba. We have an inclusion, a limitation, and then an inclusion. Riba hakol. So we're including everything. So my rabbi, what are we including with this inclusion? Rabbi kolmili. We're including everything, including karka. Umay miut. So what are we limiting? Miut shtaros. We're excluding shtaros because a shtar doesn't have an actual value. As we've spoken about previously, even if the shtar is for a million dollars, the piece of paper isn't worth anything. So that's what we're excluding. So we see from here that according to Belazer, we're including karka, and therefore karka could be stolen. Whereas Rabbanan Darshi call it prati, the Rabbanan Darshin by way of klal and prat. When the Pasuk says vikichesh, klal, that's a generalization. Then when the Pasuk says bepikadon, prat, that's a specification. And then when the Pasuk says oimikal, chazver kalal, that's once again a generalization. So klal, prat, klal, we have a generalization, a specification, and then another generalization, yatadon, elkena, prat. So the only things that are going to be included are the things that are similar to the prat, to the specification. So maha prat, 
just like the prat, which is a pikadoin, is davar hamitaltov gufay mamain, something which is movable and it itself has value. Av kol davar hamitaltov gufay mamain, so too anything included in this pasuk has to be something that's movable and that it itself has value. Yotzer karkais this excludes land shein metaltolin that's not movable. Yotzer avadim shokshel karkais this excludes avadim because they're compared to karka. Yotzer shtaris and this excludes shtaris as well. Shalf bishem metaltolin even though they're movable in gufan mamain they themselves aren't worth any money as we just explained. So that's the yisrael of the machlekes between Rabbeinu and the Rabbanon. Asking where how could it be the machlekes? Father Tanya that which we have in Abraiso a gazel is a par of shatva nahar if a person stole a cow and then the river washed away the cow chayvul hamalei para so the ganiv has to give another cow to the fellow. That's what Blazer says. Or as Rachamim and the Chamim say, I'm Rulah. He could tell him, Here, take it. It's in front of you. In other words, he doesn't have to pay for the cow. Well, Hasamai Kamithagi, over there, what's the Machlaikas about? This is Metaltalin. This is Gufai Mamain. And everyone should agree over here that he's Chayav to pay. So our understanding of the Machlaikas between Rulah and the Rabbanon can't be correct. So Rav Papa, Rav Papa answers that no. Hasamai Skinon, what's that case talking about? Kigancha Gazal Sadame Chaveirai. He stole a field from his friend. Vahaisa, Kafir Chasam Ralph on the top, Paravutzabai. And there happened to have been a cow crouching on this field when the field was stolen. And then river came and washed away the cow. That since the land could be stolen, the cow has to be paid for as well. However, the Rabbanu Lashitasam, that since land can't be stolen, that means that the cow wasn't considered stolen either. And that's why the fellow could say, Take your field back. And whatever happened to have been in your field that was washed away by the river, I'm really sorry, you have my sincerest condolences, but I don't have to pay you for that because I never actually stole anything from you. And therefore, understanding the Machlech is true, and the Rabbanon stays strong. We're going to stop it for the day and pick up tomorrow with another Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.